right, guys. Welcome back to the Block Hash Podcast, episode 233. We have uh, Federico. He's the co-founder of Evmos. Uh, Federico, how are you doing today? Hey, Brandon. Uh, thanks so much for inviting me today. Um, I'm great. Uh, really excited to be here on your show and uh, looking forward to answering any questions you or your audience might have as well. Yeah, we're very excited to have you on and talk about Evmos. I think I've seen it in the news a couple times as well, just kind of scrolling through some aggregators. So um, very exciting episode. Want to learn a bit more about yourself as well. So before we jump into it, tell me a bit more about you, uh, your background, your story. How did you get into this crazy, beautiful, wonderful world of crypto and blockchain? <laughs> yeah. Um... Well, about myself, I'm uh, I started computer science and industrial engineering, and um, while studying, I did a semester abroad at UC Berkeley. Um, and it was there where I met uh, my co-founders through this um, community group, um, a student organization called Blockchain Berkeley that provided education, consulting, and research and development. Um, they were working at the time with a few for Fortune 500 companies on um, early research or proof of concept about blockchains. Um, so that's how I got um, with my hands dirty on uh, in implementing smart contracts, etc. And um, while I was there, I actually met Sunny, uh, who you had the opportunity to interview a couple of episodes ago. Um, and Sonny, at that time, he was also a member of Blockchain Berkeley, and he had uh, dropped off, um, I think, the same semester that I joined, uh, started working on Cosmos. Um, so Sonny saw my work, uh, he asked me, oh, well, why didn't you apply for an internship? And I did, so I interned with Cosmos uh, Winter. So, can you hear me you're breaking up a little bit on your end sorry my connection job for a second um, yeah, no, no worries. You want to try switching it back? Um, yeah, yeah, it's okay now. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so, actually, I've had blockchain at Berkeley on the podcast before a while ago. Um, it's pretty cool stuff. Were you so you were a part of that, or were you just working with them? Or tell me a bit more. I I was a, a member of blockchain Berkeley. I uh, okay. applied during the semester. I was there. And I had the opportunity also to work uh, with a consulting and uh, one of the consulting um, groups that we had with one of the Fortune 500 companies. Um, we and that's where I got in, like I first heard about Etherman, which was the former name of Epmos. Um, so Etherman was the, this project that started in um, 2016, October 2016. So a really long time ago and was meant to be a proof of concept of an EVM, um, an EVM uh, on top of Tendermint consensus. So running the same 
uh, smart contracts that you had already in Solidity with MetaMask and all the existing tooling at the time, uh, Remix. Uh, but the main difference was it was proof of stake. It was a proof of stake EVM back in the day in 2016, which was crazy. And uh, the tender main team was the, the one that Sunny dropped out and then I did the uh, internship um, with. Those were the ones that uh, were creating this proof of concept early on. Uh, Ethan Bachman was also leading that effort. And then uh, for different reasons, they probably got deprioritized and um, handed over to another team. Uh, but yeah, that's how I got in, like first involved in uh, Avamos and Etherman, which was a former name. And um, that's how the journey started. I started working afterwards with Tenderman for a few years. Then I started, uh, I, I quit and I started consulting as a freelancer for a few uh, blockchain projects and then Afterwards, I, uh, with my co-founder, Akash, we also from Blockchain Berkeley, he was one of the co-founders. Uh, he had a lot of experience uh, infrastructure and also with Cosmos. So we uh, raised some funding from the Cosmos Hub community pool. So uh, the treasury, um, the DAO treasury that they have. So we created a proposal to fund our team uh, back in April uh, 2021. And that's how the journey started. And uh, one year later, uh, we launched, less than one year later, we, we finally launched um, Evmos, which is, has a greater scope than the original tournament project, but um, it's able to capture the same essence. Nice. Um, tell me more about what Evmos is. What is it exactly? What are you guys trying to accomplish through Evmos? And um... What, what's the what's the goal? Yeah, so Evmos, uh, well, the name stands for EVM on Cosmos, but itself, well, you you probably heard about all these EVM chains out there. Um, the main problem that we saw is uh, the misalignment of the different actors that uh, are part of the network, um, because we saw that most of the transaction fees and the block uh the, the tokens created every block uh we're going to the miners on ethereum and validators and other proof of stake networks so we wanted to create an alignment between like the different actors so uh not only miners or validators in proof of stake but um also developers and users so that's why we created a novel tokenomics so that we can uh, incentivize developers and users through um, a marketplace where users pay half of the transaction fees to the developers and half of the transaction fees to uh, the validators, as opposed to 100% that goes to the validators. And that creates like a really healthy marketplace where developers have the incentive to deploy their applications and users at the same time have the like more options to spend their tokens and have more opportunities to get uh, higher returns um, and higher yield on, on, their, on their tokens. And that's kind of like the noble tokenomic part, but we also see Evmos kind of like as the next frontier of EVM, of the EVM. Because we are an EVM on Cosmos, and that means that all the smart contracts, all the assets that are on the EVM are fully interoperable with uh, not only the rest of the EVM ecosystem through bridges, but with the rest of the Cosmos 
ecosystem. So we see Atmos as the main point of entry from all these EVM chains until the Cosmos ecosystem. When you say that it creates more options, what do you mean by that more specifically? What kind of options does it create? Hello, are you there? Can you hear me? Technical dis- uh, issues on the Block Hash podcast today. Okay, I'm back. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Uh, did you catch my last question? No, I, I can you repeat that one? Yeah. Um, what when you say it creates more options for people uh, for EVM? What kind of options do you are you referring to, and um, how does how does it do so on Cosmos? So um, the main thing is that we're creating a like a positive reinforcement cycle where. Uh, we created this model of the DApp Store, so a decentralized mm-hmm. App Store, where users and, and developers meet. So then, once you start creating uh, these uh, extra transaction fees that go half to the developers, that attracts more developers. And through our other mechanism, which is uh, user incentives, so like in the same way that on um, decentralized exchanges, you have incentives for some liquidity pools. You can find the same incentives, but for users that interact with the same smart contracts. So, for example, to give you a concrete example, uh, Aave v3 is going to de- deploy on Evmos. Um, so, Aave v3 could create uh, an incentive proposal for the users that interact with their application so that the users get. Um, like tokens just for interacting with a contract. So that besides earning all the yield from the from the protocol itself, they're getting tokens just for interacting with a contract. And this is all approved by governance. And then from the developer's side, when all these users that start interacting with the other protocol uh, are paying half of the transaction fee, that is also creating a sustainable model, uh, a sustainable business model for all these projects that are deploying in, uh, to Atmos. So that is creating alignment, not only for the validators who still receive half of the transaction fees and the block rewards that are minted, but also for the, um, but also for the developers and the users. So we're creating like alignment between like all the different three types of users. Nice. Um, when you talk about interoperability, what does that term mean exactly? I know there's a lot of people that are familiar with the term, but they don't necessarily understand what it means for something to be interoperable. Um, can you explain that a little bit? Yeah. So when we talk about interoperability, um, we're talking about the um, ability for a given blockchain to interact with another isolated blockchain. So previously, before interoperability uh, was implemented uh, between all these different protocols, um, you had isolated siloed blockchains where you could trade and you could uh, transfer value, but only within the scope of the same blockchain. With interoperability protocols, um, you're able to exchange value with other blockchains that don't necessarily run the same um, 
infrastructure, like the like for example, Ethereum versus Cosmos have completely different infrastructures. So with the interoperability protocols, um, we have on the one side we have bridges, and on the other side we have native interoperability protocols that the, like the one that Cosmos or Polkadot implement. You're able to transfer value and transfer um, data between all these blockchains, so creating like an inter-blockchain communication protocol um, that is able for the users on one blockchain to also talk to or or transfer value to other other users. Got it. Um, so why why what's the benefit of using Cosmos? I know there's a lot of people using the Cosmos ecosystem these days for a number of different things. Is it mainly because it's um, got all this interoperability, or are there other benefits to using Cosmos? So um, the core value proposition initially for Cosmos was okay. We're creating um, application-specific blockchains, as opposed to a single blockchain where all the applications deploy their uh, contracts and they have to share the same uh, space for blocks. For example, they have to compete mm -hmm. for the transaction fees. Um, as opposed to on Cosmos, you have these um, sovereign chains that are targeting specific business logic use cases. And the main value of Cosmos is that you can create a blockchain that serves your own business purpose, that has its own community and it has its own governance, but still is able to communicate with the other blockchains through this interoperability protocol. So, for example, right now we have uh, the Cosmos Hub, who's uh, focusing on security, Osmosis, um, the one from Sunny, that is um, specifically targeting DeFi and uh, AMM, uh, decentralized exchange. And we have Evmos, which is uh, an application-specific blockchain, which serves as an infrastructure for other smart contracts to deploy, and uh, like an interoperable uh infrastructure for smart contracts. Um, Are there so, yeah, that's a main okay. value proposition in general, because like okay. the sovereignty, the application specific use cases and the interoperability is, is able to offer the developers all these different opportunities. Do you have any examples of what some of those smart contracts might look like through Evmos um, when everything is up and rolling? Yeah, so, um, so the smart contracts are pretty much the same user experience that developers would encounter on other uh, EVM chains um, on Ethereum and, uh, for example, Polygon. Uh, so from a smart contract front of you, it's the same smart contract that is deployed on another virtual machine. In this case, the one that we are implementing. Um, Atmos. But the main difference here is that they are able to transfer the value to other chains in the ecosystem. And other chains in the ecosystem are also able to interact with these smart contracts through this IVC protocol. So because of the interoperability mechanism, we're able to bring all this value from Ethereum and for EV um, from the EVM ecosystem and make it, and make it, make it available to the whole Cosmos ecosystem. Got it. You, you mentioned IBC protocol. What, what's that exactly? Inter-blockchain inter communication. So it's a protocol okay. that is that enables um, 
two different blockchains to communicate to communicate with each other in a trustless way. So without having to uh, make any assumptions, uh, you're able to transfer value without trusting the other chain. In this case, instead of trusting the uh, not having to trust her another um, user from the same chain, you need to also make that. Uh, but in this case, for another chain, which is could be an honest chain or could be a malicious chain. So with this interoperability protocol, IVC, you're able to transfer value safely. Got it. Let me ask you a more high level question. What do you think about the state of where the space is at right now? Um, there's so much going on, so much developments, um, so many things like this that sometimes kind of fly over a lot of people's heads, um, but that are very important and are milestones that um, enact big change for the space too. Um, where do you feel that we are at? It, it's, there's so much development, yet there's also not enough like real world applications taking place. I feel like we're somewhere kind of in this in the middle here walking this line. Um, what are some of your thoughts? Um, I think the main the main uh, events that happened over the past years were the introductions on the, um, well, the, the NF NFTs were introduced like a couple years ago, but suddenly from, from last year, they were finally, uh, like they took over. And um, mm. so that was one of the main things. And the year before that, 2020 was like these yield farming opportunities so that, um, users could uh, get a token and then put that as liquidity or provide liquidity to with a token for another application and that would give you another token so you're um kind of like stocking liquidity in uh, very risky positions but that are able were able to give you really high returns and i think now that um these past semester uh the, the second the second semester of uh, 2021 and this first semester, we're going to see a lot of interoperability. Um, Cosmos was able to ship uh, the inter-blockchain communication protocol. And Osmosis last year was the first one to fully, fully create the user experience that a lot of users were looking for in terms of um, providing liquidity from other chains in a trustless way. So I think what the next milestone will be like, how do we use all these protocols, all of these uh, interoperability mechanisms to be able to connect different blockchains and provide new opportunities? Like for example, the yield farming opportunity that we had in 2020, but scaling that to multiple blockchains. How do we connect all these blockchains to, to generate all these new opportunities uh, using like multiple blockchains? Right. Um, I, I agree. I, I think there's, there's so many blockchains out there. I really think there's going to be this um, cut down per se of what people use, but I don't think we're also going to live in a world where there's like just one blockchain to rule them all. Um, I feel like there's going to be so many different chains, but like specifically for certain industries and niches, um, where maybe there's like five or six chains that are really predominant in one area. Um, that'll justify having all these different blockchains, all the different protocols and layer two solutions and, you know, and whatnot. Exactly. And um, I think there's also going to be a lot of gaming um, opportunities. 
Uh, mm -hmm. So a lot of game developers are going to jump into blockchain because they're seeing the opportunity right now. And I think um, Cosmos and also Atmos could offer them an opportunity to um, connect the different games. So you can create a blockchain that specifically targets all the use cases for one single game, but that all those assets from that game being tokens or NFTs, uh, in-game assets are able to be transferred out or in from another blockchain. So I think that's going to be really huge. Um, seeing all these game NFT marketplaces in the future, um, chains that are specialized in NFTs marketplaces where um, all these games could connect to. And I think that's going to be big in the next um, few years because we we now have like a few games, but once the big developers, the big um, um, chains start creating new uh, new value, I think it's going to attract a lot of attention. I agree um, with you on that 100%. I also think gaming and blockchain will be one of the biggest use cases in the world because there's um, so many commonalities for the two of them. Uh, gaming having millions of users and e-gaming and MMORPGs, you know, millions just there in those specific categories um, where blockchain and NFTs and tokens, cryptos, you know, fit in very nicely. Uh, solve a lot of issues with in-game items and profiles and um, and the like. So I think it's going to be one of the biggest use cases um, yeah. for blockchain initially, and I think it will help drive even more of that adoption. It's it just makes sense. It fits so well. Yeah, and 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 the main thing right now, what we have currently in the blockchain space, it's mostly transferring fungible tokens, so like ERC twenty tokens and uh staking tokens from other layer one chains mm -hmm. um i haven't seen many bridges or many interoperability protocols uh implementing the same solution but for nfts and once that happens uh and cosmos is already implemented a solution for that once that happens there's going to be a lot of movement of nfts across chains so imagine you have one uh in-game assets or an item that you can use not only for the game it was initially created, but you can also wear it um, in, in another game that is completely different, isolated, uh, that was previously isolated, and now has an opportunity to implement all these different items so that you're scaling all the, like the, the full range of items that you can use in a game creating a better user experience, creating like all these different sets for users. Um, imagine just like an RPG uh, game with items that you can bring over from a completely different game and it's able to give you advantage on, uh, mm -hmm. on the game. So that I think is gonna be really huge. I do too. I, I think one thing that needs to improve still is bridging. Um, it's a bitch and a half to be on today. It needs to be made more seamless. Um, I've tried moving, uh, for example, Ethereum, Matic from Ethereum over to Polygon, onto the Polygon chain. And it's not only expensive, but you have to have both Polygon and Ether um, fees that you got to pay. And it's a, a huge step-by-step -step process. And 
it's uh, quite annoying for for me. I can figure it out, but for a normal person, there's no way. It, it's too complex. Exactly. So, so there, there's a lot of simplicity so, that needs to be applied. Ideally, all of these should be completely isolated from the user. So when the user says, "Oh, I want to send this item to," I'm talking right now about NFTs, but also applies for mm -hmm. for tokens. I'm gonna transfer these. Uh, token to another chain, um, maybe just abstract everything on the implementation side of things. And I think a lot of protocols are going to start implementing all these solutions for uh, retail users so that we don't, they don't need to know about the internals, about the transactions fee, the transaction fees, and uh, are able to still use the the different solutions, the different applications, the different protocols without actually knowing it. It's, it's the same as right now um, with internet. A lot of people use the internet and don't know how the internet works at a lower level. Mm -hmm. and, and that's the beauty of like all these applications and all, the all these abstractions that I think in a few years will create um, like really a lot of use cases for, for existing and new users. users. Yeah, it's, there's a lot of, you know what I think? I don't think people really care how blockchain works and all these processes, just like the internet. Most people don't understand how the internet actually works. It's actually fairly complicated. Um, all they care about is that they can push a button, open an app, or go to Google and search something and get an answer. Uh, they, they want something very simple and seamless. Um, that'll be the key for blockchain. Also, seeing more applications on the phone, I'm, su I'm still surprised that at this point in time, there's not enough stuff happening on the phone other than with just wallets um, and that you have to use a desktop or a browser on your desktop to, to access a lot of these things still. So there's, there's a gap in, uh, fulfilled. Yeah, and there's also like on the banking side, like imagine like, opening a savings account where you have 0.5% APY traditionally, mm -hmm. but with all these decentralized finance protocols, you can have the same US dollars, but converted into a token. And then if you provide those tokens as collateral for these different uh, blockchains, you're finally able to get returns over 30% without getting getting very risky. And then suddenly you have new opportunities for users to get more, more from their investments. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of stuff that needs to be changed and updated, but I mean, I like the direction the space is going overall, and I'm, I'm sure you do too. So much development, so many new things happening every single day um we need to start wrapping it up here tell me where people can go to learn more about emos um do you guys have docs do you have a community like a discord or telegram do you have a blog where should people go yes um so we have our blog which is emos.blog on our main uh website is emos.org uh, where they can find also our documentation for users, for developers, etc. And in terms of community, we have a Discord community. If you go to discord.gg slash Evmos, you can join our community and uh, you can talk to us and to the rest of the team. And we also uh, answered um, 
messages on Twitter. Uh, we're Avmos.org on Twitter and also on Telegram. So there's plenty of opportunities for users to get in touch with with the, with the team and also with other developers um, and share their ideas and questions. Are you online? Can people find you on social media? Yeah, um, I'm uh, F.E. Kunze on Twitter. So they can uh, follow me and I can reply to any questions they might have about um, about Evmos or how the space is going in the future. Cool. Guys, go follow Federico and Evmos and be sure to like the video and subscribe and stay tuned for more episodes. Federico, thank you for taking the time to come on the show. Really appreciate it. Um, really diving and explaining Evmos, the, the EVM combined with Cosmos. Um, it makes a little bit more sense now, and I, I think it's going to be something that's pretty cool. So excited to see how it plays out, and um, keep me updated. Thanks, Brandon. All right. Thanks, talk man. to you in the future.